That's John chapter 11, verses 17 to 37. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, said Martha to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going out to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? I have a, a very warm spot for uh, the church here. 1965. <laughs> this morning we're looking for God. I've got to tell you, he's not lost. Okay, but we're looking for him. There's a thing that uh, we often come across, which is called the hiddenness of God. That God sometimes is, is quite hidden. And you've got to find him. And that's down to, to us. He's not lost, but somehow he's, he's hidden. And we've got to find him. Find him in, in our lives. Um, 
the way in which we live. The things that touch our lives. It's to find God there. And uh, this is a little quotation from a guy that, uh, uh, that I've read quite a bit about. It's called T.D. Jakes over in America. And he said, the problem we face today tells you where you are in your faith walk with God. Now this does not mean that if you're in trouble, you don't have faith. It was not the lack of faith that got you into the situation. But it will be the strength of faith that will get you out. I thought that's a great quotation. It will not be the lack of faith. It's not the lack of faith that got you into the situation. But it will be the strength of your faith that will get you out. So as we're looking for, for God... This morning in life situations. I, I, I want you to develop, as, as you do, a closeness to God. To find God, you've got to come close to Him. And let Him come close to you. It, it's sometimes called the relationship that we have with God. And that's wonderful. Relationship with God. Closeness with God. That's... What we had before the rules and regulations people came along. That's what we had. It was a closeness to God. It was a, a relationship. And so as we, we look this morning into our own lives, into the situation, our life situation, what is there that if relationship that's there for us? Well, my relationship with God is not with a book. You know, I, 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 I love the scriptures. I've spent years of my whole life delving into them. But I don't have a relationship with a book. I have a relationship with God. As Nicky Cruz once said, he said, I opened up the Bible and as I read the pages, a man stepped out of the scriptures. A man stepped out of the scriptures. It's the word that became flesh. And then what do we do in the church? We turn it back into the word again. The word has to be alive. It has to be living. It's not a book that we're in love with. It's not a PowerPoint that we're in love with. It's a person that we're in love with. And that person is Christ. There are times when we, we cry out to God sometimes. Get me out of this situation. Set me free from these circumstances in which I find myself in. But the issue is that God doesn't very, very often pull us out of these situations. He says, I want you to find me in the situation. I want you to find me right there in the middle of your circumstances and of your life. I want you to find me there. This is a, an American lad writing. The route to God never takes us around our problems. The route to God never takes us around our problems. 
And we try to get God to do things for us, don't we? But we've never, never developed a closeness. I don't get God to do much for me now. I don't, I don't ask for much these days. In fact, I ask for very little. But I am about being close to God. And letting God be close to me. I love Paul Simon's work, the singer. I went in um, early 80s, was it 80s or whenever it was, to, uh, to see him in the, uh, the Grand Park there, Central Park, uh, in um, New York. And uh, there was practically a million people there. Three arrests. A million people, three arrests. And he sang... Some of his wonderful songs. One of the songs that I love and thoroughly enjoy is a song called A Bridge Over Troubled Water. Except, you've got to remember, that's not God. God does not build a bridge over troubled water. He says, I will take you through the water. I'll take you through it. I'll walk it with you. Finding God in our situation, in our life situations. Listen to the old hymn. When through the deep waters he calls you to go, the rivers of grief shall not you overflow. He will be with you to bless and sanctify to you your deepest distress. Finding God in our circumstances. This is a wonderful story about Lazarus. I've preached about Lazarus um, over the past four or five months. And I keep coming back to this story and thoroughly enjoying it. And, and the more I come back to it, the more I, I actually get hold of, of different things. This wonderful phrase from Martha. Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I've always thought of it in terms of, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But listen. If you've been here. There's an echo, isn't there, in your life. When God brings to you certain aspects and certain circumstances. And somewhere we say, Master, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. Times when I need to see where God is in my life. When we look sometimes and we say, God isn't with me. Well, listen, God is with you. Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. This little phrase of Martha. Do you notice how it's all changed around? In, in an earlier chapter, it was all about Mary. Now it's all about Martha. And Martha says, I know 
I know. In verse 24, that's what she says. Let me read it to you. These wonderful words. I know. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know. There comes a time when we've just got to stop teaching our children Bible knowledge. So they can stand up and they can say, I know. I know the answer to that. I know. There's nothing wrong with what I'm saying about Bible study and Bible understanding. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that sometimes we think that Christianity is head knowledge. I know, says Martha. But then Jesus goes on and says, but Martha, do you believe? And that's where we need to bring our youngsters to a point where not only they know, but they believe. I want to bring you this morning to a place where you not only know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but that you believe it. That there is something there deep within you. I know. Listen again. But I know that if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now God will give you what you ask. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you? Do you? Do you believe this? You've got the head knowledge. But do you? Do you believe it? With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Do you believe? Do you have faith in me, Jesus is saying. So you see, whatever your situation, whatever your predicament, I, I want it to drive you to God. The old, the old phrases used to be, when preachers used to preach in the bygone days, they used to say, does it drive you to your knees? Was it lovely to hear from the lady from Weck when she was saying about the, 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 the Prominence of prayer that is there. That's great. It's great. Does it drive you to your knees? How does it say? If you'd have been there, this would not have happened. Looking for God in life's predicaments develops in us a, a liberation. We, we need to be set free. And I, and I really do believe that Jesus Christ is the life bringer. He brings life. Wherever we are. Whatever our circumstances. He's a life breather. I was talking to some friends and that we were talking about creationism and, uh, and, uh, and evolution and all the rest of it. And we really enjoyed the, the discussion without anybody, you know, going phonetical and, 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 and steam coming out of their heads and everything. And I said to them, okay, okay, 
right? So we evolved. Okay, right? Okay, fair enough. But if you're going to believe that, I want to know when God breathed into man and woman and they became a living soul. Became a living soul. Where they were set free from whatever it was. Because God is a life bringer. If God is not bringing life to your church, then take a look at what you're doing. Something as well that I found in my own life that God does not bring relief. He brings release. And I tell you, how many folk have I heard? I prayed and you didn't fix it. The one you love is sick, says the Bible. The one you love is sick. This was, this was Jesus' friend. You can see that by the way in which he cried vehemently. Here's Martha. I prayed and you didn't fix it. And we do it and we say, well, I'm through with it. I'm through with it. Just let it go. That's all I can do. Just set the problem free. Just let it go. Because we often hold on to our problems, don't we? Just let it go. But listen, as long as you say, I can handle my problem, you're not eligible to receive from the hand of the Father. You've got to hand it over. That's what Martha and Mary did. You what? You heard. They handed it over. What do you mean they handed it over? You're all standing, sitting there and wondering who my imaginary friend is. Don't worry about it. He's always there with me. They said we've done all we can. They handed it over. They buried Lazarus. They buried him. They couldn't do anything more. And we come very often like this, even this morning, when we're saying, I've done all I can. I've run out of emotion, I've run out of money, I've run out of resources, I've run out of energy. I've got to hand it over. I can do no more. Listen, the news is don't let these circumstances absorb you. If you can't take it any further, hand it over. If you can't do anything about it, bury it. You can't heal him. You can't fix the problem. Hand it over. Listen up everybody. Our primary purpose is not to use God to solve our problems. Our primary purpose is not to use God to solve our problems. But that we might move through our problems and find God. Are you looking for God? Are you looking for Him?
It's in the closeness where I find hope. Oh, I've lost faith, people say. I've lost faith. I've had my funeral. I can't handle it. I tell you what I can't handle anymore. I can't handle seven points to victory. Uh, Seven points to victory. Point one. Step forward. Point two. I don't want seven points to victory. I want to find God. I want to find God in all that I am doing in life. To make sense of this world. I want to trust God. Even even when it doesn't make sense. I, I may have told you the story. I was with some Southern Baptists. Oh, I needed some courage. I needed some, I was with some Southern Baptists. We were, we were going up to Alaska on this ship. It was a, it was a wonderful experience. It's called the Sea Princess. And they were all there, the Southern Baptists. God bless them. Good people. At breakfast, I'm sat there with Mary. And they're all there. Another eight of them on this tent table. I knew immediately that there was something up as I felt this sharp kick of Mary's foot against my ankle. <laughs> Being interpreted, shut it. <laughs> but that's like a red rag to a ball to me. And so the words were getting round and... Uh, they were talking, and I was saying, I, I believe, I believe you Southern Baptists um, enjoy reading the Bible. Well, we certainly do, sir. Oh, yes. I thought, you know, I'd been before the Queen and been knighted. We certainly do, sir. Yes, indeed. You're right there. Absolutely. I said, yeah, that's interesting. I said, do you have any favorite... Um, the word, sir, is a text. Oh, I said, right, a text. I said, do you have any favorites? Well, it's round the table. You know, maybe there were some good ones. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And I thought, that's, well, that's a good one. I said, whoa, that's a good one. You know. He can do abundantly more than I can ask or think. Wow. That's a good one. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. Wow. I said wonderful. (laughs) As they looked and said, You ever read the Bible? Well, I don't know really. I suppose uh, I've read a bit. Say, do you have a favorite text? <laughs> it's like one up to the Southern Baptist, isn't it? I said, yeah. <laughs> they said, what's that? I said, it's from the book of Job. <laughs> Even though he's saying, I will trust him. 
I will trust him. Uh, when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, I trust him. When he says there these wonderful words, just listen to them here. Listen to them. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Michael? Oh, Father, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And then I go and put something in front of the tomb. I roll a rock in front of it. Hey, 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 hey. Don't give me a hard time. Don't give me a hard time. Okay. I do. That's what I do. I put a stone in front. Don't look at me like that. Hey, we've all covered things up. We've all covered things up in our lifetime. All of us. We've all hidden stuff. We've all got contradictions in our lives. Things that nobody knows anything about. We're all play actors at times. Jesus calls it being a hypocrite. So I was in my normal little place of employment. When this guy sidles up and said, uh, Do you, um, I said, what? Do you go to, um, I said, where? I said, do you go to um, that church? Which one? Uh, in Rochdale Road. So I said, uh, yeah. They're all hypocrites now. I said, why don't you come and join us? I'll release some more. <laughs> We've all got things that we hide. All of us. We've all got things that we hide. All of us. I play actors at times. Looking for God in life's predicaments. But the thrill is that this morning we're exposed to God's word. This living word. This, this moment when we open pages and a man steps out of the pages. Something this morning that will bring us light into our dark soul. I don't know about you or... I sometimes need some life being brought into my life. And God says, I'm a life bringer, Michael. That's all I want to do for you, lad. I just want to bring some life into you. I want to expose you to my living word. And so the scripture comes and exposes our lives. And here it is. Oh, I just couldn't believe the thrill of it. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, I'm giving you an even now word. 
An even now word. A word for today. A word that's about an even now. God will give you. Yes, even now. This liberating word. Even now, this morning. He will give you. He'll give you what you ask. You don't understand, Michael. My life is in a mess. Well, even now. Even now in that mess. Even now. I'm here to pronounce to you resurrection. Even now. And you know, some of you are looking back into your life. Some of you can remember that moment in those younger days where you'd buried it and you'd rolled a stone in front of it. It was the moment when somebody took you and raped you. I'm talking about that moment when you were mugged. Or was it when you were abused as a child? Or was it during that time of marriage and that sickening feeling that came with the divorce? Do you remember in your life moments of humiliation that took place? Do you remember that moment when you lost your job and you became unemployed? Do you remember when somehow that marriage that was so good had turned into such a disaster? How sometimes the friendships that you, you, had, you had nurtured and looked after now are ruined. That moment when your life was shattered, when there was a car crash. That moment that was shattered when there was a knock on your door and the police said, your boy has been involved in a serious accident. Or what about losing a child that you've never ever spoken about and we just gently taken the lid off the situation and Jesus said, I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free. So that you can live in the power of my, of my resurrection. I want you to know that the old has gone. And the new is here. We can't change the old. We can't change yesterday. But we can live for today. So looking for God in life's predicament. There was lastly a restoration. Because God is a life bringer. God can restore to you. He can roll back the years that the locusts have eaten. There are some of you this morning that have come and you're wishing, you're saying to yourself, I wish that could be true. And I'm telling you, it can be true. It's called resurrection power. He can roll back the years that the locusts have eaten. He can give you something that's new. Listen, men and women, this morning, I don't want you just to feel better. I want you to find God. He who believes in me shall never die. I am the resurrection and the life. He will always, He will always come to that spot in your life. That point where life and Christ will come face to face. He will come to you. Oh, men and women, am I ringing your bell this morning? He will restore 
my soul. Do you sense this morning? I I sense it as we were singing one of the hymns. That God. God was restoring. My soul. Like like that man that, that came to Jesus with the withered hand. And what does Jesus say? He says. Hey lad. Just stretch out your hand. And what does the Bible say? These are the living words. It says that the hand was restored like the other. He will restore your soul. Oh, stretch out your life, men and women, before him this morning. And let it be restored. I've read most of what C.S. Lewis has written. I've committed most of it to memory. It's embedded and imprinted in my mind. The books that have been written about him I've read and I've loved. Someone once said to me, what's the best quotation of C.S. Lewis? Oh, I said, I can tell you that straight away. Lewis was married, a marriage of convenience to a lady from America. And she contracted cancer. And it was during the time of cancer that he came and visited her in the hospital. He knelt one day by the bed and looked up at her and said, Would you make this old man happy by marrying him? He was already married, of course. And she said yes. Oh, and by the way, his evangelical brothers in the ministry wouldn't do the blessing of the marriage. Oh, no. No, no, no. But it was left to a high Anglican priest. A young high Anglican priest who came in and blessed their marriage. And it's wonderfully, for three years, I think it was, for three years, the cancer was, um, what, what do they call it when it's, it's going backwards? Recession, thank you. Recession. Have I got the right word? I've got to get the right word. Remission. Remission. And they went and did some wonderful things. This, this is the, this is the moment. C.S. Lewis. The restorer of my soul. I never expected to have in my sixties the happiness that had passed me by in my twenties. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? The restorer of my soul. Restore us again, O God, our Savior. Is that the desire that you have in your heart this morning? Because I do believe God wants to give back in some way the life that's been ripped from us. To give it back some way. Didn't I tell you, said Jesus. Didn't I tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Do you know, I I really struggle with the glory of God and understanding it. Oh, I know the words and everything. But I really do struggle. You, You must say, all your life, Michael, you've struggled. And you're right. I have. I've struggled with these things. Until, until about four weeks ago, I'm reading one of my favorite um, saints. He's, he's called Irenaeus. Oh. And this is what Irenaeus said about the glory of God. It makes sense. The glory of God 
is a human being fully alive. Didn't I tell you if you will believe you will see the glory of God. Human being fully alive. Could they believe this Martha and Mary? Well Jesus is always the life bringer. So he comes to the place. He comes to the spot. This wonderful little phrase. He says show me where you laid him. Oh oh. We've come right back now haven't we? To the things that we've, we've buried. And we can't do anything about. But he says show me where you laid them. Come on. Show me. Show me where you laid them. And they come to the front of the tomb. And he calls out to Lazarus. But there was silence. I can see Jesus now. Lazarus. Come out. And they're all going. And he moves. Perhaps. Because the stone had been rolled away. He moves forward. And Martha's saying. Master. Been in there for four days. By now, decay has taken place. Jesus goes, but in my story. Because Jesus wasn't smelling the smell of death. He was smelling the smell of hope. The smell of hope. You might smell the smell of death. But I am smelling the smell of hope. But still there was silence. Hold on a moment. Now you may only hear silence. But I hear. I hear a sound. Hold on a moment. Because you haven't seen nothing yet. No. I've heard a sound. Like the sound of a rushing wind. It's the sound of a beautiful noise. Oh, have I brought me my piece of paper? It's here. Oh, what a beautiful noise. Coming up from the street. It's got a beautiful sound. 
It's got a beautiful beat. It's a beautiful noise. Made of joy and of strife. Like a symphony played by the passing parade. It's the music of life. What a beautiful noise coming into my room. And it's begging for me. Just to give it a tune. Because Jesus is a life giver. A life giver. And there on the cross when he shouted, it is finished. That sound went into eternity. And if you listen carefully, you can hear it coming back. On the PA system of heaven. Or oh, what a PA system that is in heaven. What a PA system that is. I know. I've done it. What a PA system. And it shouts back. It shouts back. There's hope. There's a sound beyond death. It's finished. It certainly is. And the Father sends it back to us and it gets louder and louder. Let me just finish by saying, over in the States, I'm not too sure if Dr. Adrian... Rogers is still alive. He, he may have died, but I, I don't know. Just forgive me on that. But Dr. Adrian and Joyce Rogers are, are a, a, a couple that have been in ministry for a long, long time. They had four children. One of the children died in infancy. He was called Philip. And they were in anguish of what to actually put on this lad's tombstone. And in the end, this is what they wrote. It just said, Philip, exclamation mark. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Philip. Yes, Lord. Because one day our own names are going to be there, you know. Because none of us are immortal. We're all going to die. But I'll tell you, I'll hear a sound when I die, and it'll be a sound that says, My cock! And I'll say, Yes, Lord! Yes! A sound beyond death! That says, I am the resurrection and the life! Come on out, Nazareth! Oh, you're all tied up, son! You're all tied up. You come out, I presume he came out pogoing. You know, whatever it was, he came out this way. And what did Jesus say? Hey, unwrap him. Unwrap him. Unwrap him. Untie him and let him go. I just got one thing to say to you as I finish. There are people that are going to come into your church. They're going to come all tied up. They are. All tied up and you've got to, you've got to unwrap them. They'll come with their alcohol abuse and their drug abuse and their child abuse and their church abuse. And there's plenty of that around these days. And your job is going to come from Jesus and it's loose him, loose her and let them go. Loose them and let them go.
And so this sickness in this issue is your life. But it will not be unto death. It's not fatal. It's for God's glory. To make you this morning fully human, fully alive. Because God is always a life bringer. Finish then. Your new creation. Finish it Lord. Amen. When they drag you from your bed before the dawn And they beat you till you know you can't go on And you believe you're right but still you're always wrong Come and sit down here with me When they freeze you out of every conversation And you get hurt and they tell you you're exaggerating And you don't fit into any plans that they are making Come and sit down here with me When rejection is your natural condition And they give someone else your job, your dream position And you got more to give than they can possibly imagine Come and sit down here with me Come and sit down here Sit down here with me When there's no one to trust in the eyes of your confession And no wisdom, grace or time to learn your lesson It will be like you're only worth 10% of your possessions Oh, come and sit down here When your hope in God arrives at breaking point When all you know begins to disappoint When you long for the Holy Spirit to anoint Come and sit down here with me Come and sit down here with me Sit down here with me When they tell you you've got a virus of the mind 
But you keep on seeking after truth that's unconfined. And you find that in the end you're not blind. Oh, come and sit down here with me. Come and sit down here with me. You're in perfect company, no matter how broken you may feel. Come and sit down here. Take the weight of your fate. Come and sit down here with me. You're in perfect company. No matter how broken you may feel, come and sit down here. Sit at this table, Jesus says. Come and sit down here with me.